person saying, Andrew, I actually need a miracle to do with finance, maybe to sell a house or buy land or a new job, a pay increase. God's hand is not too short to do the thing that is required in their life. Or maybe it is um, anxiety or fear and uh, maybe thoughts of suicide. The Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so our ability to lift our hands, our, our, maybe, maybe it is sickness. Maybe the doctors have said you've got cancer or this is your forever. You're gonna have this arthritis or you can't have children. It's simply not true. The Bible says by his stripes we are healed. And so we lift our eyes to the Lord. Friend, I don't know where your help's been coming from. I don't know where you go, tarot cards, or I don't know where, where you go. The psalmist said, I lift my eyes to the Lord. And so God, we pray that today you would steal the show, as it were, that you would move in power, the lives would be transformed and changed. This is your moment. This is our time to worship you and, and to honor you and create a space for you. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Come on, give God a clap and thank him. Have a seat. Turn to somebody and say, I like Corey. Just say that one more time. Just encourage the guy, my goodness. What a great church you guys have built. And um, it, is, it, is, it is true, you know, I, I, do, I do think, um, all the time about how how things can be better. It torments me in my church because I'm thinking, oh, there's so many things. I walked into this building today and I said, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. The foyer is amazing. The coffee is like out of this world. The coffee's amazing. I look at, look at your screen. I want that screen in Jesus' name in my church. And then all you beautiful Otago, uh, Central Otago people, the best people on the whole planet live here. And I said to Corey, do you need a youth pastor? Please invite me. I've come. Uh, do you need a cleaner? I'll come. I'm coming. I'm coming in Jesus' name. We love Queenstown. And me and Janine have said many times we would love to live in Queenstown. It's one of the greatest places on the planet. And when I travel the world, I tell everybody, I said, hey, listen, you haven't lived until you live, you've visited Queenstown. And um, sometimes you don't know how blessed you are. When, uh, until you're, you know, in a different spot. And when you see it again, you go, wow, shut the gate. And you have got the best pastors, amen. Come on, let's give them a big hand and encourage them today. You, uh, you are blessed beyond blessed. I was just going to fix my um, computer up. So good. Uh, it's, it's trying to log on to your Wi-Fi, Corey, and it's, it's spazzing out. So that's going to be interesting. Um, now, let me just figure this out because now I'm in trouble. How do you do these things when you don't know? Hey? No, you can't go airplane mode. You can't go airplane mode. But I, I do want to talk about the four uh, influences of healing. And Corey, I, don't, I honestly can put my hand on my heart and say, I don't think I've ever heard this message preached about. Like, like, honestly, if you need a miracle, there are things that you need to do for a miracle or things you need to understand. If I, if I, if I could write a book on 
guaranteed a miracle. <laughs> or it'll be like the ABCs of, of healing. Um, and, and I don't think that the church often wants to hear it. Um, we, we, we like lightning bolt God. Yeah. We, we like the idea that we just walk in and poof, and then all of our lives turned around and everything changes and we've got no problems. Simply not true. You just talk about the Word of God and how God is, is um, working in our lives. My goodness, it is, it is constant. It is continually. And, um, and, I, and certainly in my life, golly, it's, uh, it's, it's been tough. When I was uh, 13 years old in Gore, I was diagnosed with leukemia. And for five years of my life, I, I fought that demon. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I gave my life to church, uh, Christ at a little Presbyterian church called Calvin Presbyterian Church in Gore. Hello. And, um, and when I was 18, 17 years old, I was in Dunedin Hospital, uh, had a bone marrow transplant, and uh, five years, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, and these little Presbyterian pastors walked into my hospital room holding a big Bible and said, we believe that God can heal you. They might have been talking Chinese. What am I going on? I didn't even understand what they were saying. Uh, after five years now, God's made up his mind that he's going to heal me. I mean, I wish he did it in the first year. Come on, somebody. I mean, who, who wishes that God would hurry up and, and do what he needs to do in your life? And, um, and so... <laughs> Um, that th th was certainly certainly my my perspective. I just wanted God just to get get on with it. So where was the faith for me if I had no faith? At the 15 years old, I gave my life to Christ, and now I'm 17 years old, and somebody's saying God is going to heal me. I could have kicked them out of that room. I could have said to them, "Don't tease me. Don't get my hopes up now." Catholic priests that have given me my last rites, preparing me for burial. My family has said that I was going to die. I was thinking, this is, this, is, this is no good. But I reckon the ability to allow them to pray for me, even though I didn't have faith, was enough faith. But God, God says all you need is a seed, a sniff, a whiff sometimes. They, they believed. They believed that God would heal me. And so when they prayed for me, they weren't mucking around. They were praying that the power of God was going to touch my life. Something come into my world. The very next hour, the doctor said, hey, your blood's changed. Something's turned around. And there we go, slowly after slowly after slowly. Everything turned around for me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm blessed beyond blessed to uh, have that in my life. And so when we're talking about healing, the first influence of healing must be Jesus. <laughs> you say, Andrew, hi, I've come a long way to hear other things. I don't want to just hear that. But you know what? There's no shortcuts. Prayer is powerful. I'm amazed how, Corey, that, that in my church, still, I'm annoyed how many people come to our prayer meeting. Because if they really knew they would run to the altar. If we really knew what was happening, we would run. Somebody sold you the lie 
Who bewitched you and told you that prayer doesn't have power? Who told you that you come to church on a preference, whether it's snowing or not, whether it's cold or warm? or Who told you that this isn't the house of miracles? Who told you that, that reading the Word of God isn't a staple, that it isn't a transforming? Who, who sells us these lies? You see, when Jesus came into my life when I was 15 years old, bang, something happened. I got saved. My life was transformed. Sure, there was some outworking because the Bible says you, we go from glory to glory. We're changed into His likeness. But now, one minute I wasn't walking with God. I wasn't going to heaven. Now I'm going to heaven. I walked out of hell. Now I'm going to heaven. Something shifted for me. Now I'm dying. I've got leukemia. A prayer. Come on, somebody. A prayer changed everything. And if I was to canvas this church, there would be testimonies of God's victory in your life because of prayer. But yet, we fall short and still don't realize the enormity and the importance of prayer. Come on, somebody. Once a week, can we come to the house of God and pray? Not even for yourself, but for your community, your family, your friends, your colleagues that you sit beside every single day, and they need a miracle. Come on, somebody, give God a, a shout and a clap. I haven't started preaching yet. Come on, somebody. Listen, prayer is powerful, and Jesus is the key for healing. You see, the Bible says, by His stripes we are healed. Can you throw that up? In, uh, in Isaiah, uh, you just have to go follow me the whole, the whole time. I'm going to read it and you can just scroll, scroll up. Oh, here we go. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that was brought on us was, pierced, was, was peace on him. And by his wounds, we are, we are healed. We are healed. So this is the deal, church. We understand that. When Jesus died on the cross, it was for our salvation. And most of us have received Christ into our life. He was um, uh, the perfect sacrifice, the atonement for our sin. So we ask Jesus to come into our life. We say sorry for our sins. And now Jesus stands in the gap for our sins. And most of us accept that. But then when it comes around to healing... Oh, well, not so sure. Maybe he will, maybe he wasn't. But I want to tell you today that actually Jesus is front-footed with your healing. He is not, oh, do I want to heal that person? Do I not want to heal that person? No. The Bible says by his stripes we are healed. You have to understand that every whipping, every beating, the crown of thorns, the spear in the side was for your healing. And so he's not wondering He's not pondering. He's like, you know what? I want to be, I want these people to be healed today. Why is Pastor Corey saying we need to be healing service tonight? Why not just do it today? Well, we will be praying for people today. But you know, sometimes it's good to take time for people. I, you know, this isn't a, a game for, for Pastor. He wants you to be healed. 
so, so he's, he's saying, Andrew, you know, you've come a long way from Sydney. Let's make a window for people to be healed. Hmm. If I was sick, I would come. <laughs> or, or, wait a minute. Oh, no, I've got to watch MasterChef. <laughs> come on, somebody. Somebody needs a miracle. And when you create a space for that, like Pastor Corey is like prophesying into the atmosphere over your life. Like what, what do pastors do? do you, have you ever thought that? They're trying to help. <laughs> trying, to, trying, to, trying to make a space for you for your miracle because Jesus says oh, he's done all the work. He's, he's trying everything he possibly can for your miracle to take place. What's the, ne- what's the next screen? Just show me the, the, the next one. Next one. Yeah, the person doing all the praying must be the second influence of, 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 of healing. Um, what have we got? In, uh, what's the next screen? This the scripture. Give me, uh, it's, it's, yeah, so good. Call on the elders. If any of you are sick, call on the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Carry on. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Everybody say, make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up if they've sinned. Hello, anybody? Mm. We'll get there. They will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so they may be healed. And the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Just keep this up for a minute. I love this verse because Jesus is involved in healing. We know that. He is for us. But church, we are involved in healing. You see, the Holy Spirit came on us so that we are useful in the community with our friends, family, our colleagues. And it says if, it's kind of the ABCs of, of, if any of you are sick, hello, anybody sick? Come to church. Come to church. And let the elders pray for you. Now, why the elders? Because in the Bible, elders have qualifications. I don't know if you saw that. But there, there is a, 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 an actual like job description what elders should be. They're men and women of God. They're fired up, passionate, men and women of integrity. They're not playing games. When Pastor Corey said, hey, come to Invercargill, and, and Janine's in Invercargill, and we're here in, in Queenstown today. We're not playing games. I've been praying. I've been thinking about this. I've been organized, except for my message, which I can't read at the moment, except for on the, on the big screen. Oh, there we go. Some, some Christian printed it out for me. Thank you, Lord. But, it, but it's important that we, we, we're, we're doing this because we want you to win. Why the elders is because these are men and women of God who are fired up. They they come to the prayer meeting on the Wednesday. You might not come, but they're coming. Why? Because they've got something to give. They're, They're anointed. They're set apart. And I had nothing in the hospital room. Come on, somebody. 
I'm a 17-year-old, like broken, beaten up, depressed, leukemia. I had nothing, but they had something. They had something going on that says, you know what? Boom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see this person set free. And I think this is significant. In Matthew 5, uh, 8 and v- verse 5, the, the, there's a great story of, about the faith of the centurion. It says this, when Jesus had entered the Caprian, a centurion came, asking him, Lord, he said, my servant lies home paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. I love that Jesus is front-footed. Come on, somebody. Immediately, he says, I'll come. The centurion said, Lord, I do not deserve to come under my roof, but speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I tell this one, go, and he goes, come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does it. When, my, when Jesus heard it, he was amazed. <laughs> Didn't even know what was going on. And he said to those following, truly I've not found anyone with such great faith, not even in Israel. And then in verse 13, he said to the centurion, go, let it be done as you believe. Everybody say, as you believe. And so his servant was healed at that very moment. You see, the centurion had something going on. The centurion went to Jesus, with his fr- thinking about his friend, and then he met Jesus, which would be pretty wild. And he said to Jesus, will you come and heal my friend? Jesus says, I'm going to come, which is pretty awesome. In fact, have you ever thought about that? Like if, if you knew that your son or daughter was sick, and you had the greatest healing evangelist in the world, and you're standing in front of him. And he said, I'll come. Knowing if he came, 100% guaranteed he'd be healed. Would you say no and just speak a word? There's no way I'll do it, Corey. There's just no way. If Johnny was sick, my son, and, 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 and Pastor Joe says, I'm coming, I'd say, yabba dabba do. let's go. I'd open the car door from buy my latte on the way to the hospital, knowing that my son would be healed. There's no way I would ever say, speak a word, Joe. Even though I've seen it in the Bible, I wouldn't do it. I still wouldn't do it. Because I haven't got that kind of faith. But this guy's a lunatic. This guy, there's something wrong with him. Like, what's wrong with him? He said to speak a word, my servant will be healed. Maybe. Maybe, I don't know how he did it, but maybe he knew that the God in front of him was the same God in Genesis 1, 1 to 3, where God said, let there be light, and there was. Because when when that was happening, Jesus was the Word. He was the one creating the universe with a Word. The first use of... Of, of communication was for creation. Poof, let there be light, and there was. And now, the same God, way back then, is now shut the gate right here. And so if he did it back then, he can do it now. He is the same God. There's a song about that. He is, anyway. And, and so he spoke, he said, just speak a word. And Jesus marveled. 
he didn't even know what was going on. He's like, what, 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 what are you talking about? Gabriel, get down here. Get down here. Yes, Lord. What's happening? Lord, he knows. He knows what? He knows you're God. He does not. He does, Lord. Shut up. Because before this moment, Jesus had to be in the room for healing to take place. Somebody had to touch him. But now it's limitless. There was something inside of him that shifted. And what's inside of you that can shift an atmosphere? Have you got something inside of you? Come on, come on. If, if, if we're talking about real stuff, we know that God's involved. But there's something about the person praying as well. There has to be something about us. And, and, and let me just premise it by saying this. God can do what He wants, actually. God can, and I'm amazed by that, how God heals like the rottenest heathen, and then this like saintly Christian dies of cancer. I'm like, what's going on? But He is sovereign. The Bible says death wears this thing. If you're a Christian, well, it's sad, but he's, they're in heaven. And that's the honest truth of it. God is sovereign over it. So we say that there are things that we can do, but he can, he can do whatever he wants as well. So you have to kind of just put that in perspective because he's God. Kind of like, well, that's, that's what he does. <laughs> he is God. The third person is a person being healed. So that's important. Luke 17, he threw himself at Jesus, Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Asked Jesus, Jesus asked, we're not 10 clean, cleansed. Where are the other nine? No one returned and gave Praise to God, except this foreigner. Then he said, go, rise, go, your faith has made you well. The person being healed, they've, somehow they've got, a, they've got some involvement in it as well. We don't, we don't like talking about this in church. In Acts 1.8 it says, and you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. The Bible says, and, and you'll receive power. You, you, can, you can say no to the gift. You can say no to the Holy Spirit. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. The ability to receive is a massive key to healing. Lift up holy hands. Bow your knee. Fall on the rock. So I've prayed for people. Corey, you've prayed for people. The elders in the church have prayed for people. Not often, but sometimes. I've, I've prayed for people. They've got their arms folded. Feet in a certain position. So that they can't fall down or don't want to fall down. I don't care if you fall down, stand up, just get healed. But they're angry at God. Ah, making noises at me almost. Somebody's brought them to the altar and they're standing there. And as good as, good as my prayers are and as good as he is, the Bible says you have to receive. 
Christ into your life. You have to receive the Holy Spirit, come on somebody, into your life. You have to receive healing into your life. You can say no to Jesus, and many people do. They say, no, I'm not going to receive Christ into my life. Well, that's a choice. That's a pretty serious choice, actually, because that's an eternal choice. Receiving the Holy Spirit is almost a preference. You can still get to heaven without the Holy Spirit living inside you. I think, I think so. You, you can get to heaven with cancer, but you can't get to heaven with sin in your life. Let me say that again. You can get to heaven with cancer in your life, but you can't get to heaven with sin in your life. <laughs> mm, got quiet again. Okay, say something funny. All right, now, um, listen. The, the person being healed, some, sometimes you don't have to do everything. Like we said, a sniff of faith, a whiff of faith. The very fact you're in the building today Maybe, maybe enough. Maybe, turning up. Phil Pringle says it's 90% of the miracle. Just turning up. Not even, not, just turning up. If we're honest, I think we're all in a state of disbelief sometimes. We're just kind of like wandering around. I believe, I don't believe, I believe, I don't believe. I'm not sure I do. I think I do. If we're honest, but coming to the house of God in, in, in James 5 says that's the key. Coming, even in your disbelief, letting elders pray for you, even in your dysfunction. If you've sinned, which is a key, get it right. Sin separates us from God. I learned that when I was five years old in kids' church. They had a little puppet, and they'd say, sin separates us from God. Jesus takes away all your sin. There's little five little things. And if it worked, it's still, it's still, on a 50, it's 45 years later, it's still as relevant as, as, like, that's it. You learned it when you were five. And some of us still can't, if you're sick, come to church. Let the men and women of God pray for you. If you've sinned, hello, get it right, because sin separates us from God. The prayer of a righteous person, what's that? What, what's a righteous person? Somebody forgiven. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Shut the game. The person getting prayed for is, 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 is vital. You, you mentioned it, Corey, in Luke 8. The woman came who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. This woman's amazing. And no one could heal her. In verse 44, she came up behind him, touched the edge of his coat, cloak, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. They all denied it. Peter said, Master, cuckoo, you're crazy. People are all around you, pressing against you. But Jesus said, somebody touched me. Another translation, somebody had faith. And I know that because power has gone out from me, the woman, seeing that she could not come unnoticed, came trembling, fell at his feet, in the presence of all the people, she said, why, uh, uh, the people, she told him why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her daughter, <laughs> and he brings her close. How kind is he? Restores her identity. This woman broken, beaten up, shunned by society. 
says, you're my daughter. We are all children of God. Your faith has healed you. Corey, honestly, we've traveled the world, seen over 150,000 decisions for Christ in Sunday services. And the year before we stopped and started our church, we're averaging 228 decisions every weekend, everywhere we traveled, on average. We had seen 58 people walk out of wheelchairs. Like, so, and that, the other people have written into our office. I don't even know how many other people. But there would be many times on stage, they came to church saying, I believe that tonight was my night. I, I believe that, that you were going to pick me out of the audience. I believe that something, I believe, I believe. And I, I was amazed, amazed how many people said, I knew tonight was my night. This woman, not, not that Jesus had told her, but she thought in herself, Jesus would never put his hand on me. That's what she thought, because she was unclean. Not what Jesus was teaching, but she thought, this is what, what are you thinking? This is what she thought. He will never speak to me. That's what she was thinking. Not what Jesus was talking about, but what she was thinking. It was what was inside of her. This is what she was believing. What are you believing? What do I, what does Pastor Andrew have to do for you to believe that the miracle can happen? Do I, do, I have to, do I have to spend a minute with you? Five minutes? Is it the length of time? Do I have to have a word of knowledge? Is that the belief? See, it's important, isn't it? She believed. He won't talk to me. He won't put his hand on me. But maybe she heard in the beggar's tent. <laughs> They're warming their fires, hands by the fires. Now, the first time in the long time, first time in the New Testament, lepers were healed. <laughs> Never before in, in the modern history were lepers ever to be healed. And now the rumors are happening in the biggest tents. Something's happening. Blind people can see. Lepers are healed. Is it really true? Is it really true? And so a seed, a seed of faith. Saying, he won't touch me. He won't talk to me. But if I can sneak up in the crowd, if I can go undercover and just touch, come on, just touch, maybe that's enough. So the crowd's pushing. But something inside of her says, I want this. I've heard about it. My friend who was blind, he saw her. Oh my gosh. And she'd come up and touched him. Just a touch. Power went out. She's healed. She knows. Something happened. And she's undone. Wonder if the worship team could join me. She's undone. And Jesus says, Who? Touched me. Who had faith? I want to ask you this question. What's inside of you? Have you, do you? Are you believing today? 
Are you believing that God can do something in, in, in your life? Is there, is there something inside of you that is saying, God, I, I believe for that miracle? You know, uh, I was in America just a few months ago, and uh, it, 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 it was amazing. There, there were so many miraculous moments. People were coming up and saying, like last year I was in a wheelchair, now I'm walking, and this person was honking in the car park. As I was walking out of the building, called up, Pastor, I want to introduce you to your miracles. You were here four years ago. We couldn't have children. Look in the back, there was these little kids. They said, these are your kids. I said, no, they're not my kids. Amen. They're not, they're not. Do not put that on the internet. I've got enough problems. Miracle after miracle after miracle. They came with faith. The fourth person involved, or the fourth influence of healing, has to be the devil. I don't even want to really want to introduce him to the subject. But we have to. Because Jesus, he's, he's front-footed. We are involved in healing. With people praying. Jesus can do it sovereignly. He can do whatever he wants. We know that. But as I've traveled, as I've, 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 I've done this for a long time now, I believe that I'm involved in healing. God uses people, fills us, He commissioned us to do it. So I'm fired up. The people who are being healed, they're involved in healing. You can sit there, fold your arms. You can say no to Sunday night. Just, no, I'm not. I am going to stay home. That's a choice. It's it's actually a choice. Pastor's doing everything he can. (laughs) He's trying. But you can just say, nah, uh, he'll have to heal me on a Tuesday when it's more convenient. Plenty of stories about that. The devil's involved. John 10.10. The thief only comes. The devil only comes to steal, kill, destroy. But I have come, Jesus talking, that you may have life and life in all of its fullness. The devil doesn't want you to win. I can guarantee a couple of things. Number one, he does not want you to become a Christian. Two, he does not want you to be a fired up Christian. Three, he does not want you to be healed. He wants you to remain the same. Broken, depressed, lonely, full of anxiety. And isn't that like a buzzword right now? Anxiety, 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 everybody's got anxiety. Where's that from? It's not from God. (laughs) Sorry. If you didn't have to put on spiritual armor, the Bible talks about putting on the armor of God. Because there's a fight. If deliverance wasn't real, (laughs) we're fighting things. Life's more spiritual than you realize. Way, way more. Like New Zealand's like clean and green and 
kumbaya. You go to Cambodia, India, the devil's not even shy. He's in your face. We medicate demons way too often. We need to be free. The Bible says when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. You cannot medicate a demon and expect a different result. You're going to remain the same, but drugged up. Drugged up demon. You may not like that. It's true. I'm not, I'm not poo-hooing doctors. I like doctors. But sometimes you have to be free. Free. And the devil does not want you to be free. I can tell. The Bible says my sheep hear my voice. But I hear other voices too. I hear about four voices. I hear myself. Definitely hear God. I hear Janine, <laughs> my wife, constantly. Pick up those socks. I can hear her talking to me. I can hear the devil. I really can. And oftentimes, Corey, the loudest is when I'm on stage and I'm praying for somebody. And I know there's a miracle for them. And I'm praying and I'm talking and, and, and I'm just trying to figure things out. Just trying to listen to the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit. And the devil will talk to me and say, Andrew, it's not true. They're not going to get healed today. They're going to remain the same, beaten up, broken. They're not going to, their back's not going to be healed. Their arthritis isn't going to be healed. When they, when they don't get healed, they'll know that God is not real. He talks to me like that, like, like, like I'm, I'm praying, I'm distracted by the devil. And it's oftentimes, oftentimes, I'll say in the name of Jesus, get off. And they think I'm delivering her. It's not true, I'm delivering me. I promise you, I'm trying to be honest with you. I'm telling the devil to get off me. And if he's talking to me, if he's talking to me, he's talking or he can have access sometimes for all of us. And he'll whisper to you, say, it's not going to work. You've had prayer before. It didn't work then. Why is it going to work now? Do I really have to come out Sunday night? Oh, it's cold. It's cold. Don't listen to the devil. Read the Word of God. Get it inside you. Fight the fight. What? If we don't have to fight the fight, the Bible says fight the fight. If we don't have to fight the fight, well, why are we fighting? Where's the fight, church? Where's your fight? I'll tell you where you fight us. It's on Wednesday night. Oh, it's on Wednesday night. How many times have I come to an altar asking God for a miracle for my children? A miracle for me. Not once, not twice. We couldn't have children. Two beautiful boys. I can remember coming down on a, on a, on a, on a conference night, like, like Saturday night at Global Impact, believing God for a miracle. Tears dripping down my cheeks, thank God. Praying, interceding. Where's your fight, church? Where's your fight? 
Is your miracle important enough to pray? Come on. Where's that fight? Oh, I say to my church, the most important meeting in our church is the prayer meeting. When Corey said that, I almost burst out laughing. I thought he stole my line. It's not he's pretending. He's saying the truth. Where's your fight? I say to my church, (laughs) do I have to convince you every week? Do I have to convince you every week to come to church? Do I have to put fireworks? Do a dance? Let me entertain you. Do I have to entertain you that you would believe in God? Fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. Run to the altar. Let's believe that God is real again. That everything can turn. Everything can shift. No, there has to be. There has to be something inside of us that believes now. Church has to be different again. Times finishing, and the and the reason for this is is because I I, I I want people to come on to it tonight. I'm coming out of the cold. We come out of the cold for you. Jesus was inconvenienced by a cross for every whipping, for your miracle, for your children. We're like, mm. I, was, I was thinking about it, Corey. Honestly, I was, I, 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 I've got this new message. The king's here. You know, we've got a new king. Anyway, I was thinking, if the king was here, no one would be late. I just thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna announce that the king is coming to church, and just see how this works out, and uh, put a put an advertisement in the newspaper that the king is coming, and and uh, and I thought if they, you know, people would dress up a little bit, like some people in my church come with their slippers, I want to I want to beat them, I, I, I'm not allowed to, but I want to beat them, I want to beat them. Why are you coming in your slippers? The king was here. <laughs> Brush your teeth. When he walked in the room, you'd stand. You would. You would. He's here. Why don't you just close your eyes? He's here. He's here. It's, it's never been so real. He's here. And so, God, we just thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for this amazing church, the beautiful people here. This church, it's on fire. The worship, unbelievable. The welcome team, amazing. Kids' church, phenomenal. So now it's about us. I said to my church, when's the last time you were honest with God? 
I think that's the question, isn't it? When are we, when are we going to stop attending and just be honest with God? It says if you need a miracle, when you're in sick, come to church. Let the men and women of God, let the elders pray for you. If you've sinned, confess your sins. You don't need to confess them to me. You need to confess them to God. And, and when you do that, He forgives you of your sin. That's an amazing thing. So before we pray for miracles, as it were, Maybe you're here tonight, today, and you're saying, Andrew, it's true, I know I know about God, or I've been around church, but if I'm honest, if I look deep, oh man, there's, there's, there's things in my life that shouldn't be. There, there are things that are separating me from God, but I need to get them right today. Or maybe you're here, and you're saying, Andrew, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but today pray that prayer that you prayed when you were 15 years old, asking Christ to come into your life, saying sorry for any sin in your life. And in a moment, we're going to pray a prayer, asking Jesus to do that, just where you're sitting. God will see that, and He's going to answer your prayer. If sin separates us from God, let's address greatest miracle, greatest need in your life is the separation, the forgiveness of sin. Maybe you're here this morning, you're saying, Andrew, if I was to face death like you had as a teenager, I don't know if I'd be in heaven or hell. There certainly would be a fear and uncertainty around that moment. If I was to walk out of this room, get hit by a car, I don't know where I'd be. But I want you to pray this prayer, asking Christ into your life. This is a gateway prayer into a relationship with God. And this prayer will change your world. It's changed my life if you give him this opportunity. So in a moment, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord or ask Jesus to come into your life, just where you sit it, I want you to, in a minute, just to lift your hand. I'll see that hand. I ask you to put it down. Then all together and out loud, we're going to pray a prayer so you don't feel alone or embarrassed. But I believe that God sees you. He sees you. Why do I ask people to lift their hand? Because I want, I want you to respond. I want God to see you, to, 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 to believe that something's going to turn for you today. And then we're going to pray for God to touch your life. So God, let me just pray for you. God, I thank you for those people who are here for the first time, second time, maybe visiting from another church and saying, Andrew, it's true. I've known about God, but if I'm honest, if I'm really honest, I'm not in relationship with Him. Second of all, maybe you're here and you've been around church world, but you're not walking with God. You've never given your life to Christ, and you need to do that. Thirdly, you're saying, Andrew, if I was to die today, today, I don't know if I would be in heaven. But I want you to pray for me. Pray it all over this auditorium and say, Andrew, I want you to include Include me in that prayer, asking God to forgive me of my sin. I want you to just lift up your hands wherever you are. Let's just pray for you right where you are. Thank you, thank you. Who else today is saying thank you, thank you, thank you? See these hands? Who else today is saying, Andrew, that's me? Something has to change. Something has to change. Thank you so much. Who else? Thank you. Who else is saying, Andrew, that's me? Over there, I see you, young man. 
awesome. Open your thank you so much. Who else today? You're saying, Andrew, something has to change. Something has to shift for me. I can't be the same. I don't want to be the same. I want to live my life for Christ. Sin has been tormenting me. Addictions have been tormenting me. But I need to get these things right. I need to put God first. Who else today? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Something's turning. Something's shifting in my life. Who else? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. Who else? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Thank you over there. Who else today? Thank you. Who else today? You're saying, Andrew, that's me. Something has to turn for me. (laughs) I always say to my church, and I just say it one more time. When's the last time you're honest with God? As if He can't see. As if He can't see. He knows already what's happening. So now it's whether you're willing, you're open. God's knocking, but you've got to open the door. And the miracle can come in. He's got a name. His name is Jesus Christ. Who else today? So one more person saying, Andrew, I need to get my life right with God. Awesome. Thank you. I see that beautiful hand. Thank you. Every person that lifted your hand, would you do me the great honor of just lifting it one more time so I can see? Because I I like counting reasons because I think God is counting. I want you to know that He sees you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, 14, 15, who else over the side as well? Good people lifted their hands. I think there was somebody else. Did you wait? 16, thank you, I saw that hand. At least 16 people. Let's give God a big hand even for doing that. Thank you, sir. 17.